in by Kulusevski. That is extraordinary. He has gone and stolen it back. Melodrama upon melodrama. City thought they had saved it. You are never saved. Face to face with Harry Kane. And Conte has found the way. Getting well in the storm, haven't they? Here's Harry Kane. Welcome to the Stateside Spurs. We are back uh, for our first, actually our second technically. We are first, back. The first one didn't actually record, uh, or did record. What? The audio was messed up, and I had to have Chris pull it down as I think we were driving to. It was our best podcast uh, ever, too. Airport. Yeah, and then I thought about when I got back from our honeymoon, should I repost it? And I was like, well, everything's changed so much in two weeks. So uh, technically, this is our first uh, recorded podcast of the. It's been a crazy summer, uh, not only for us, but for Spurs as well. And joined with uh, by Austin and Chris this evening. Um, full full squad here to discuss what has been an interesting transfer window. So, Chris, how are you feeling? I am. I'm not even going to say I'm cautiously optimistic about this upcoming season. I'm just very optimistic about the upcoming season. Like I, I'm pretty buzzing about the direction the club took um, immediately following. And I, I can honestly say they took a step immediately following last season. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I've been watching like nothing but training clips <laughs> every time the club makes them. What are you most excited for this season? Um, a, I like the idea of a full preseason under Conte. I like, I, I can't say that I, I dislike any of the signings that we've made. I think a lot of, um, Issues were addressed very quickly, and that in and of itself is exciting. And just, you know, when you when you compare this offseason and this break to last season, you can't help but be excited. I mean, this time last season, we had appointed Nuno, and we were all still kind of like, is this going to work, or is this going to be a train wreck? How long is this going to last? And I don't have that worry. Yeah. I just, I feel a... a glaze of optimism about even if this season doesn't end up being you know a championship season this is positivity this is what the what you want the club to be doing acting quickly and bringing in players of a decent caliber that address the need that that we'd already been discussing for a long time so i'm just super excited awesome uh are you as excited as chris is Cause... no <laughs> chris chris did you did you use the word buzzing i am buzzing I'm buzzing too. That might be due to this oh. in my hand, but uh, uh, no, I mean, I'm incredibly excited. You know, I I, I was I was tre- uh, trepidatious. Is that a word? Uh, coming into the summer, uh, just because I hadn't seen Levy act quickly or put people in place to act quickly in the transfer market. But uh, June and the first half of July was a incredibly positive month for Spurs and uh we're going to get into it but the the the, the Korea the, the Korean tour um you know week and a half tour that we did uh just it, it I, I hate this the saying but it hit different 
You know, it just did. I can't. I was thinking about this the other day, and um, I can't remember a summer that I felt this positive going into the into the uh, Premier League season since possibly the summer of 2016, after Poch's first really good year in 2015-16, um, and you know we had all that positive momentum. This yeah. may be the most positive I felt in six years and the most positive I felt overall of any summer being a Spurs fan. So uh, I didn't expect to feel this way back in May. Um, uh, who did? So who was pretty, who was pretty adamant that we'd have, uh, we'd go for the summer transfer. Now. I just remember like you being so upset about Bergvine and saying you'd be excited if we signed someone like Robert Charleston to, to replace Bergvine, which is what we hey, did. Hey, I will say, so So I'll say two things. One, Colin, you have been very optimistic since the get-go, so you want you, you want your kudos, you deserve your kudos. But I will also say that I was on the uh, We Need Basuma train like 10 months ago, and I was on the Richarlson train really early as well. Uh, so I will also take kudos for the fact that I think I remember on this podcast saying after we played Brighton, uh, can I take Basuma right now? Uh, oh, yeah. I said that in our group chat. So um, when we started signing players that I've been wanting for like a year, I'm like, holy crap, something new is happening. And, you know, Colin, I love your optimism. Uh, I just needed to see signs. And as soon as I saw the signs, I am fully on board. And I think we've seen those signs this summer. To 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 Conte and Pratchis and, and Levy's credit, uh, they've done everything they can to get fans excited about this this season. Yeah, for sure. Well, you uh, kind of did a good segue. Let's talk about the South Korean tour. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, oh, yeah. And I, I want to keep this around 45 minutes if possible because I think we're going to definitely be doing another one before we do our first uh, preview of um, Southampton. Daily so, pod. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so here's what I would like to talk about the South Korean tour. Austin, you touched on a great uh, – it, it was just kind of insane. Um, the – support that we have in south korea um just to see those stadiums full of tottenham jerseys i mean uh obviously a lot of that is due to sun but i think that they just was it they're like the second most tiktok team in the world behind real madrid or i don't even have tiktok chris you, you can tell us right uh you're the tiktok <laughs> phenom here i <laughs> I, I will say spurs who's got more followers pretty big uh, followers. chris mills or tottenham hotspur on tiktok I'm going to go and say Spurs. I think Spurs is over a million. I am nowhere. I'm not close to that. Yeah. But Colin, you, you hit on something important, Colin. It's not just that. I mean, obviously, Sun is a huge reason. But Sun is so popular in Korea that he's like made he, he he's made every other player. I mean, I saw more cutie signs for Romero than I did for Harry Kane. I mean, every time Conte was put up on the uh, the the Megatron and that you know whatever the big board in that stadium, it was a standing ovation. I mean, Sun is so popular there that by proximity, right, every other Spurs player is incredibly popular there. It is just, and you could feel that energy. You could feel the players feel that energy, and I think you could also feel the players feel pride for son that he gets to he gets to play in front of people that appreciate him the way he deserves to be appreciated i think it falls a little bit flat for us here all the way on the other side of the world just how big of a star that man is yeah and and how and how underrated he still is in the premier league 
first Asian player to ever uh, win a Golden Boot. I mean, uh, I just was so happy watching those, watching the reaction and the fan support that not just Sun, but the entire team got in Korea. And it felt like, you know, I saw a Reddit a Reddit comment that was, it, this doesn't feel like a team warming up. It feels like a team gearing up for a war, you know? And that's what it felt like. It felt like a team that was happy and ready to go into battle and gearing up for a big season. It didn't feel like a team that's just going through the motions and, you know, drawing Charlotte FC or what is that? Is that the name of the Charlotte MLS team? Hey, close yeah. enough. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know they had uh, my, my brother who doesn't even follow soccer text me about, I didn't know Charlotte had a soccer team. They, they uh, they're they're, they're fairly new. But uh, yeah, it, it, the, the, the Korean tour just uh, hit yeah. way different than most, most preseason tours. Well, Chris, I want to come to you because I want to talk about um, just some individual play. Chris, were you able to watch either of these games? Bits and pieces. Um, okay, cool. We're going so to bit, bit, bits and pieces. Through I this. watched the entire first yeah. one in only like five minutes of the second one. So, so uh, Chris, what are your instant takeaways from uh, Richarlson? Um, that is, and I, I remember hearing an Everton fan or reading an Everton fan that was talking about what we were, what we could expect from Richarlison. And one of the biggest things that I saw from him that got me super excited about Richarlison was watching he and Romero jump in to stand up for Sonny in the not Sevilla, um, yeah, this is Sevilla, yeah, Sevilla, Sevilla game. That I and, La, and Lamella. People are un, are underestimating. Coco? Yeah, and Lamella who jumps in against <laughs> against his current club for his former club. Um, I think people are underestimating just the amount of fight that Richarlison has. He's already been a, just a very enthusiastic guy he's very um uh, i'm forgetting the word that i'm really looking for but as far as being a member of a team he's very much a member of the team that he's on um and he stands up for his teammates he's part of the unit is what i'm trying yeah. to say he's the guy you hate uh yes he's, 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 a, he's a deli he's, he's like he's lamella, lamella. He's a, yeah he's like lamella you hate him you hate to play against him well, but see, here's you love the to have him on your team here's the difference and i got like, that I, I just don't think lamella I think Charleston's better, a better player than Lamella. Like he'll be he's more, more impactful. He's more impactful that. for sure. So I, I would say it's more of like a Delhi in its early years when yeah, you know, and yeah. everyone hated Delhi, and we were like, well, he's our, you know, he's our little shit. Um, we couldn't love him more. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I, I think that yeah, now we're starting to get that like shit houseery. I think Austin said that uh, front to back group chat. It's, it's like it's kind so of all, it's gonna be <laughs> all over the place here. Quick, um, quick question, literally two second answer from each of you. Over under one one and a half red cards that Richarlison draws out from opposition this year. Um, probably under two two red cards is pretty big. I'd say one. Yeah. Plus, Over. you have to imagine he'll be splitting a lot of game time. Like he's not going to be. It's not like him playing at Everton where he plays like thirty-seven games, thirty-eight games. Um, but yeah. he'll get thirty-seven starts. I think he'll get thirty-seven appearances. Not in just the Premier. Well, yeah. yeah if you're we're gonna have we're gonna have fifty. Games, gonna we're gonna have fifty to sixty matches in total this year. So yeah, he's gonna play. Yeah. I think eventually he pulls. I would say right at two. I don't think he gets more than that. That's why I put it at one and a half because I, I couldn't decide. Yeah. I figure it will happen once this year, but I couldn't. He's going to land so. right at about two red cards that he gets. This, yeah, 
Uh, unfortunately, we were unable to see the likes of Basuma, Forrester, mm. Perisic. Um, Vingley didn't travel. So really, Richarlison's the only new signing we were able to see, um, mm-hmm. which uh, is kind of crazy when you think of how many players we've signed. But I'm guessing this Saturday we'll see some more against Rangers. So uh, next, wait. I want to talk about um, Lucas at right wing back, Austin. Um, oh, you know, don't listen to me. Yeah, so what what are we doing here? What is Conte doing with Lucas? Um, it's a really good question. I think I think it's one of a couple things. I, I actually think um, one. I think that just speaks volumes of how much quality of a player and a teammate Lucas is, where he works so hard and he makes himself so available to teammates and to the team that Conte wants to find a role for him, right? It's kind of like the anti-Indable, right? Where it's like, um, you wish you could find a role for him, but you just can't. With Lucas, it's like, I have to find a way to get this guy on the pitch because he makes such an impact on his teammates. He works so hard for his teammates, and he'll do whatever I ask him to do. You know, growing up, it was baseball basketball for me. For you, it was probably soccer, Chris, and Colin. But there's there's those those players that and, and by no means do I think that Lucas is a mediocre talent because he's he's a far above average talent. But there's those kids that you grew up with that weren't the best player on the team, but coaches loved them because they could tell them to do anything and they'll execute it right. Um, and that's what Lucas is because he's been that for every coach he's played under. He was that for Pochettino. He was that for Mourinho. He was there for Mason. He was that for Nuno. He's been in that for Conte. Literally the one of the only players we've had outside of Kane and Son and maybe Loris that every manager has just fallen in love with. And so I think that's one part. The second part is he realizes that Emerson can be okay at right wing back, but Lucas is so dynamic that he he and his work rate is so good that he could be a a parasitch like he's not as two foot as parasitch not creative, but his work rate and his dynamic pace in open space can be utilized out there. And I think he doesn't like short wingbacks, but Lucas doesn't play like a five foot seven yeah, player. Dude's because probably got some of the best ups on our team. Yeah. He's got <laughs> the best ups I've seen in the Premier League. Like that dude, he's like Muggsy Bogues of soccer. Uh, you know what I mean? Like he just gets up above players that are six inches taller than him so he can win headers. So I think he's just had enough time with Lucas where he's like, I think I can tell him what to do and he'll do it. And that's immediately better than Emerson on the right uh, at right wing back. That, that's not saying that, you know, it's not a, a, to denigrate Emerson. It's just to speak to the quality of Lucas. Right. Yeah. And uh, oh, so I, I think, think it's a mixture of all those things. Different strength. Emerson's obviously Chris. Emerson's definitely a better defender than Lucas. Oh. So no, I honestly, I think, and we'll get to this because I know we want to talk about the substitution change, but I think that Conte is looking at the players he's bringing in and saying, I have so much situational opportunity for so mm. many players that, yeah, Emerson is probably happy to be here because Conte's already told him, you are my defensive right wing back there's going to be times when i need to hold a win when i need defensive structure and i'm going to bring you on for those times yeah. so you're going to play there's going to be cup games where i start you against weaker opponents and you get to play more freely that's going to happen but in times imagine running up against um spence and sessignon for half a match and then in the 60th minute they bring on perisic and lucas to play the wingbacks 
if you are playing as a right back or a left back and, and any team running against Spurs at that point, that's exhausting. Absolutely exhausting. Think about if we start with Doherty, Doherty and Perisic, who are yeah. cutting inside and being creative all match, and that's what you're defending against. Then all of a sudden we bring on Lucas and Session, who are just going to run down oh, yeah. the flanks and run you ragged. You know, I guess, I guess and we'll we'll transition to talk we'll about get more there. Of it's just, players. There's so here, much this, opportunity there. The real the real thing is like Lucas, like Spence, just kind of does what everything that Lucas does. Like you talk you talk about the, the amount of take ons that Spence had yeah. last year being 76, and then all four of our wingbacks took on 48 total. Uh, the amount mm. of take-ons. so I mean I think Spence is what Lucas, like what kind of Conte was seeing in Lucas. So now yeah. that we have Spence, I just don't really know if there's room for like, if you have an attacking wingback, my guess is that's Spence, not Lucas. And then if you have- but he's 21, never played in the Premier League. So it's that's a fail true. safe, right? It's a, yeah. it's a fail safe in case Spence needs more time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that we'll, we'll touch more on that in uh, Collins Hughes in a little bit, but um, just wanted to Collins talk about that. Collins quick cues? Yeah. Uh, third kits. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on the third kits? They're away kits, not third kits. Oh, they're away kits. Yeah, it's just away kits. I think that's a training top. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's better than a lot of the uh, reaction that's been given online. I, I, it's okay. So the third kit last year, the away kit last year took time to grow on me. Maybe this one will. Wait, wait. So, so the away kit was the Galaxy kit. Yeah. Last year. Is that the one you're talking about, or you're talking about the purple? Yeah, that's kit? what I mean. The away kit okay. last year took some time to grow on me, and by the end of the season. It was probably my favorite of all the kits that we yeah. had. And so maybe this one will grow on me. And I'll be honest with you, the bigger thing is results have a way of making the kits yeah. grow on you. So that green really kit from 2018-19, people hated until yeah. uh, until IHACs happened. And now it's one of our most famous kits of all time. Yeah, that's the kit that I have from that season is the one that I thought at the beginning of the season. This is terrible. I do not like that shirt. And now I, it's the one that I own. So, I, you know, hey, we've all been saying this could be a very special season. I'm not going to lie to you. If we win a cup wearing that shirt, I will buy it. I'll buy two of them. I don't care. <laughs> She's going to have one. Your wife's yeah. going to have one. Whole team, the whole, whole, whole family's getting, getting kids in that one. I don't care. If we win a cup wearing that kit, uh-huh. that's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Austin, you feel the same way about that away kit? Kind of just like not, not loving hey, it yet. Hey. No, no, you know, I, I I feel much more optimistic about it than most people. Uh, but then I saw it with the black shorts on the players, and it looked much better with like the black shorts uh, on the pitch as like part of the part of the uh, the full kit, right? Um, I get what people are saying about it. I think it's overblown. I think people just need something to obsess about. I've seen lots of kids get hated on and then end up getting loved. I think this one has just become an echo chamber thing. It, it's not the best kit in the world, but I've seen far worse. People are like saying it's the worst kit, Spurs kit they've ever seen in their lifetime. And I, I don't buy that, but uh, the whole kit is gloriously looked. I, I can't wait to order mine for my anniversary present. My wife told me she's ordered me one of, one of each of the kits. Uh, and I just have to tell her which ones I want. And uh, I'm only getting the name on the home kit, but uh, I can't wait to get all of them. Honestly, I mean, it's it's not so bad that I don't want it. Like, it's cool. It's different. Like, whatever, you know. Yeah. When will they release the the third kit? It'll probably be beginning of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, Has that leaked yeah. though? I'm trying to remember that leak. No, I think it's blue. Maybe I, I I'm not sure. I just wait. I don't try to speculate. Uh, so I'll just wait. Uh, Jed Spence, 
Austin, uh, the signing that probably was going to be the second or third signing of the <laughs> transfer window is now the sixth signing of the transfer window um, for Tottenham. It's took a long time to happen, uh, over a month, I feel like. Uh, but it's finally done. The report for $12.5 million plus add-ons. Uh, seems like Levy got his man for his price. Does this scream more of a Levy deal or a Conte deal, Austin? You know, it's funny that you asked that question because the day that the transfer happened, I was able to, to like track the official announcement, but I was so busy with work that day uh, at like an in-person workshop that I missed. Apparently, there was this whole meltdown on Twitter and, and Reddit about because one journo wrote something. I, I, I missed the whole meltdown. It definitely screams more of a club signing, and I think Conte actually said as much. But at, by the same token, Conte also said that he's excited for the player and, uh, and and sees them as being something that can be important for our team. So I think it's a situation where the club recognized an opportunity and felt like they could get him for the right price and ask Conte, if we end up able to like pull the trigger, will you, will you be okay with it? And Conte gave it the green light, which is enough for me. I don't think it was like Conte with Perisic or with uh, Richarlson, where it's like those are the guys that he specifically targeted. I think it's a club signing that Conte is okay with. Uh, because I saw a report that Jed Spence told his teammates back in January that he was going to be joining Spurs in the summer. Like the week he had already kind of made up his mind. If, if, if Spurs give an offer to Middlesbrough that, that uh, they accept, I'm going to Spurs. So I think the club knew for a while that this is a player they could get. They just needed to negotiate it to the right price. And so it's definitely a club signing, but it's one Conte, I think agrees with, if that makes yeah. sense. Also one, I did not know that um, Spence played with Sessignano Fulham. Um, oh yeah. Train so together. There's a Same. connection. I, I, this could be like a. I have this eerie feeling. This could be like a Kyle Walker, Danny Rose situation in about two. Yeah, years. that became a popular thing on yeah. on on social media for for a hot second. And I think that's, you know, I think they're about the same age. Spence might be a year older or half a year older. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think Spence is. They're both 21. Are they both 21? So, yeah, I mean, they grew up playing at Fulham together, and Spence has had a different path, obviously. Oh, Fulham. No, Sessignon's older, sorry. Uh, Sessignon's 22, 22, right? I, I, know, I know that Spence kind of was, you know, there were, they had more right-handed, right-sided options, so he got sent away, and then he got loaned out, and he kind of had to force his way into the spotlight where Assessian was given a platform and he took it at 19 years old in the championship, but both of them made their bones in the championship. Um, and it would be great if both kind of broke out this year. I mean, if we have for the Ted Lasso fans out there, an Obisanya situation of a player that um, is a defender that becomes an attacker and an important attacker um, at, at a young age, it, I think that's Jed Spence for us. Um, I don't think there's too much pressure on him this season, but he could be someone that could kind of be uh, a wild card and impactful for us uh, if if he really breaks through. Yeah, um, I, I'm pretty excited for Spence. I think that uh, he adds something so that we don't really have, and he's he, I think they, they talk about he's like Kyle Walker pace, you know. So um, everyone pretty- wanted Traore, right? Well, if his kid's younger and has a ce- uh, doesn't hasn't hit a ceiling yet, so. Here you go. 
Yeah. Um, I was trying to look at what is, what, do you know, what are his FIFA ratings, do you know? Oh, I have no clue. Just from this, the curiosity of his, his sprint speed is 90, acceleration 87. That's pretty quick. They have um, Cessnion at like low 80s for both those, so. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I think it's a great signing. It, it could be, be a pivotal signing this year, but I don't think it, the good thing about it, it's not, he's not like, he doesn't feel any pressure, right? Our he, season is a make or break on whether or not yeah. he and has 12, 12 and a half, that's it's peanuts when you're getting a, a guy that most are saying was. Uh, the best right back in the championship. So two and a half Deli Alleys. That's true. Um, speaking of Deli Alley, did you see his miss last night against uh, Minnesota? No, I did his... see it. He was in DC and I missed him, but he was in DC zooming around on a scooter for a few days. His miss last night. Oh my gosh! Hold on one second. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get real. Uh, is is it is it is it typical post 2017 Deli? Um, yeah, I think I just need to get your quick thought here um, as I play this. I won't share the sound, but I want I want your instant reaction here. You ready? You want to throw this on the screen? You ready? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait. Wait. Hold <laughs> on. What? What just happened? <laughs> That's how I would miss that. Yeah. Uh, pretty bad. Uh, they lost to um, Minnesota 4-0. Everton did. Colin, if we were playing in like a pickup game and I missed that, you would be all over me. And I've never yeah. played a competitive game of soccer in my life. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I, think it's like, I, don't, even, I, I don't know how it happened. Anyway, it's not, this isn't a Delhi podcast. But, uh, <laughs> tides of turns. Uh, Chris, welcome back. Madison, James Madison. Uh, would, do you want James Madison, Chris? And if you did, um, how much is he worth? I would take him. Do I want him? Yeah. How I would much, want him. How much, how much would you pay for him? You're Daniel Levy. How much How much do you write a check for? I mean, he's a luxury player at this point. He is. He but doesn't also, he's a luxury player in a situation where if we can balance the books and get rid of some other players and get some loans going, we won't have spent much money, which changes how much I would spend on him. Um, all things considered, I would hope to spend like 40 on him, but I know that's not going to happen. I think it ends up being somewhere closer to the Richarlison deal where it's like 60. Uh, would you buy him for 60? Given our situation now, I'd probably green light it. <laughs> I would probably take it. Awesome. How, how, what about you? Same question. I mean, supporter austin here in america that just wants to watch fun i would green light for 60 if i were daniel levy it would be really hard to swallow that for 60 because we just signed richarlson for 60 but richarlson well he's not a nailed on starter day one he's the first he's the first he's the first credible cane backup we've ever had right and he covers all three positions. And he covers all three positions. Madison covers the the right wing and can play in a double pivot if we know that the opposition is going to give us possession. But he doesn't immediately displace Kulusevsky. doesn't immediately displace any of our center mids. So it's like Richarlison could displace Kulusevsky, and he is going to get on the pitch virtually every match that he's you know, fit for, whether as a starter or as a substitute. It's just hard for me to justify spending that much money on a player. How much, that, how much if you're a Levy, how much would you pay for? I think 40 is probably the max. Yeah. 
Well, of course, um, he's young. You're, gonna get, you're getting him for multiple years if you sign him for 40. I think that's 40 true. And, and we do have a lot of players that we're selling. The problem is our double pivot's pretty young as well. All four center midfielders are all Yeah, I mean, Vindigore is the old. Oh, it's going to be What if Lester is willing to take winks? It doesn't matter. I, I mean, that helps. Like, and, 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 and yeah, Madison's homegrown, but. It's just one of those things where he's not immediately improving our, our team. Like, how much does he really improve yeah. Hoy, our depth? Hoiberg's uh, 26. Uh, Suma, I think's 25. Bentecourt's 23. And Skip's 21. Bentecourt's so much younger than, than I ever remember him being. Yeah. Uh, and then James Madison's 25 as well. So that, you know, then you're just kind of funneling. I guess maybe you're thinking next summer you could let go of Hoiberg if you get Madison. But I, I don't think it's necessary. I think $40 is a lot. Out of there, just... But then again, we haven't really spent a lot of the money. We have a lot of outgoing transfers, I, I believe, that are going to be happening soon. Um, but anyways, the, it's it's fun speculation. It's kind of cooled down. There's some other links. Uh, some Ita- What's the Italian player? Um, oh, no, I hope we don't sign Zanilo. Zanilo. He's got yeah. injury problems. He's, he makes he makes Lamella look like a consistent player Yeah. with his okay, injury well, problems. Well, there you go. You're here first. We do not want that guy. Uh, I don't know enough about him to, to have an opinion on one or the other. He just uh, he's never fit in Italy, so I don't know. Like most of the time, players in Italy are able to stay fit, and they come to the Premier League and have problems. If he already has injury problems in Italy, like yeah, up here. Um, all right, so it's time for my favorite part of the the podcast now. CQQs. Uh, Collins cues here. Um, well, we're working on a bit, right, Chris? You're gonna get us a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. A stinger? You're gonna do so, a stinger? I don't know what a stinger. We need is. to make some music a for a specifically for this section. A stinger yeah. is a short audio thing you play. Uh, oh yeah, no, we're not gonna do that. It'll be, uh, <laughs> uh, it'll be some sort of like intro music. All right, you ready? Uh, this game is called Keep, Sell, or Loan. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going, yeah, just like that, but a little bit different because <laughs> it's keep seller alone. Uh, <laughs> I'm going uh, to ask, I'm going to say a name and then I'm going to ask, the first person I ask needs to tell me keep seller alone. Oh. The, second, the second person I ask has to uh, agree with the person who answers first and tell me if they're keeping them, why? Because they don't have a choice. So if I say Austin, Kane, you would say keep, and then Chris would say why we're keeping him. He couldn't say sell, even if he wanted to say sell. So this is not very fuck kill. This is very different. Yeah. So uh, if I were to say Austin, keep sell alone, you would tell me one of those three, and then Chris would have to say if we're going to keep it, why we're keeping it, if we're going to sell it, who we're going to sell it, who we're going to sell them to for how much, or if we're going to loan them, why are we loaning them? Ooh, this is interesting. I'm going to alternate back and forth uh, between you two. So, once again, the first name I say will be the one that answers keep seller alone. You ready? Austin, you're first. Darty. Keep. Chris. He's your experienced right wing back. Easy enough. You did that on purpose because you know I hate him. All right. Uh, (laughs) Chris, Emerson. We're out. Austin, uh, you keep him because he had one. He has the high. He still has a the highest ceiling out of your uh, out of him and Regulon. You know, he's younger. He hasn't hit his potential yet. He's not the finished product. And I still think he could he could evolve into someone that could play right center back with his 
his his his lankiness, his athleticism, and his defend his defensive mentality. Um, the wide center backs play more like traditional fullbacks in Conte's system. That's how wide and forward they play, and I think he could evolve into playing in that position really well. And he so there, there's just enough potential there that he's worth more to us than what we could get in the market. So I think uh, keeping him is a smart move, not just for this season, but you know the club's uh, finances and, and squad building for the future. All right, Austin Lucas for this season, keep Chris. All I have to say is IX. <laughs> Feels though. He retires a club legend. Chris is just vibes. He's keeping it simple. All right, Chris, you ready? Uh, Winks. Sell. Austin. You sell Winks because he he's just not at the level of quality to get ahead of even Skip, um, who is five years his junior um, and has not played in the Premier League nearly as long as him. But he's just not as good as even Skip. So he can't get into our, our double pivot in Conte right. system. All right. You got you to gotta, you now tell me, where are we selling him to for how much? Oh, it's going to be a mid or lower table Premier League team. And I would take 15. We might end up getting more than that. But I would take 15 if it's straight, a straight deal. But uh, if it's a if it's cash plus player type thing, um, you know, it could be different, but I, I would say, I mean, it's all profit with Winks, right? Because he's, he's club trained. So, I mean, 15 could be up to 20, but he could do a, a, a really good, uh, I mean, he would be, he would play well for like a Leicester or a Brighton or a Southampton or a team like that. He, I mean, he's going to be, he's probably quality. He's just not so, quality. Chris Winks plus uh, 40 mil for Madison. Would you take it? Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And they're taking winks off my hands. Yes. Jeez, that was not the that was not the grunt that I was making. Yeah, that's that's a <laughs> no. 50, that's a fifty-five, sixty million dollar deal essentially. All right. Uh, next one is Austin Parrot. Parrot. Yeah. Keep seller loan. This is the first tough one. Um. Remember, you just you pick one. Chris answers. I know this is really tough, but I'm I'm leaning between two. I think it's a loan. Okay, Chris. You loan him out because he's still young enough to develop. Um, as strikers go, he still has maybe one or two more years to really discover whether or not he's going to be the caliber player that you think he can be. So you give him that time, you loan him out, you let him get some starts again. This time, though, you loan him out to probably a lower tier or mid-table Premier League team. Just find somewhere where he's going to get a lot of minutes and see how he does. And then probably next season, if not the season after, is when you really decide if you're going to sell him for the long term and just let him go. Or if um, or if you're you're going to give him a run in the side and you, where do you just where see do you, how it plays out. Where, where do you loan him to, ideally? For me, a lower tier, probably a lower tier Premier League side is the hopeful spot, if not a team that expects to fight for promotion. But you need him to be somewhere where he's going to have some really tough competition, so you can see. Would what you? Can would you? Point. Would you loan him to Norwich? I'm not knowing their striker situation because I know Puk- Josh Sargent team, is their team, main focus, and he's pretty team, young. And Timo Puki too. And Puki. Um, 
But he's at the end of the screw. I, I gotta jump in. He was a League One yeah. loan last year, so championships is a step up for him. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he's going to go Premier League. Uh, and get championship, that's what I'm saying. But if you look Where for a Sunderland? championship team, that's really going to be in for him. Is Sunderland in the championship? Uh, Sunderland is... Play League One or championship? They play... Uh, they play teams I don't know, so my guess is... Oh, no, they play Norwich. They're in championship, yeah. Because I, I just saw today that they were linked with him, and we have a good relationship with them after Clark and, and some others. Yeah. So uh, I would take Sunderland in a heartbeat. Any championship, because championship beats uh, the crap out of you. you. You don't get to answer this question. <laughs> Sorry. Apologies. Chris, uh, Chris Reculon. At this go. point, he's probably a sell. Okay. Austin? You sell Reculon because people forget that he's already 25 years old, 26 years old, something like that. He's a finished product as a fullback. He's a great left back, but he's not a great left wing back, and he's not big enough to play left center back. He is a left back in a back four. That's what he is. We've been fitting a square peg in a round hole under Conte the same way we have been with Emerson, and he has a lot of value. In the transfer market, I mean, right, who are you selling them to for how much? So, so, so that's what I'm saying. Like, Sevilla is rumored to not be able to to mat, be able to match a seventy thousand uh, pound uh, a week uh, salary, but you know, there's got to be a team in La Liga or Syria that is willing to willing to buy him. I, I I don't care if we take a loss on him. I mean, anywhere between twenty and thirty, I think is is perfectly fine, and. Um, I, I think he's he's going to go end up going to a mid-table La Liga team, but uh, it'll probably be around twenty twenty-five million. Um, but you know, in our situation, that that that's a perfectly fine amount, even if we technically end up taking a loss on him. I don't know how they that our purchase of him. I, I would rather right. keep Rakelon and sell Darty. Oh, that is a hot take in my opinion. Because if you think about, we have four, I mean, if you have Count Lucas, we have four right wing backs. Uh, I, I don't want to. Then you, you, Perisic can then be also a backup for Son because right now it's you know just Lucas and Richarlson. But well, I mean, just just my, I don't know. I think Darty I think Darty on the left is just as good as Rahil on the left, and Darty on the right is way better. Rahilon is very overrated as a wing back. He was had so many opportunities to put in did, good yeah, balls. He, I think he, he's just as bad at at crossing and passing as as Emerson is, and people give him a pass for some reason. That's my take. And he's not as good in the air or defensively as Emerson. I think he's really bad at finishing. He, he's had some good crosses for goals. Um, and he's had some decent he is goals. incredibly bad at finishing. I will give you that. Uh, all right. Next one is Austin Los Celso. That's a sell. I mean, are we – Los do we really need – I mean – Chris, where are we selling to for how much? Here? Um, where's his biggest link? Villarreal? They just wanted a loan with an option to buy? No, they and I think it was just a loan. That's uh, I, well. I, last I saw, they were looking at a loan. The, the, the most recent was today. I'm not answering for. I'm just giving information. They weren't willing to match a 20 million uh, evaluation for him, but uh, uh, Sevilla and Villarreal have both been informed, but closer for 15, which I think is actually crazy considering he's a he's a starter for Argentina, but. That that's the that's the latest. They just I think they're just lowballing because they know they also know we really want to sell him. He's got no place, so they're really pushing for a lower fee to to try and get that down. But you honestly at this point, we are in the point where we can't really pick and choose where these guys go. 
if someone comes in with the right money, the right bid, he's gone. There's, there's not the, really an argument as to where. It's the, just he has to go. And if you can get 20, 25 million for him, call it and and move on with the day. Because we've got other things we're gonna work on. He's worth more than that, yes. He's worth more than that, but we're not getting twenty five for him. Getting that money. If you can get that, awesome. Take it all day. Snap someone's hand off. Yeah. But all right. Yeah, at this point we gotta move on. Uh Chris and Dombole. Sell. Hey, Austin, where are we selling them to? Fuck if I know. Whoever, 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 whoever offers to buy him, I, I don't fucking what's the, know what's at this the, point. What's the most you can sell in Domblay for right now, realistically? I don't fucking know that either, because who knows? PSG could come in this, and be like, hey, here's $30 million for this dude. Like, hey, I don't know. Reali- like, real, realistically. It's probably 15. It's Him and Lucelso are in this very similar boat. They both are worth way more than what they're... They're what what we're well, able the, to get for them because he, people everyone knows we're desperate to sell them. I think Los Elso is probably worth more because what he did at Villarreal as opposed to what Ndombele did in his loan spell. So, like we I can mean, you're probably you're probably right, but I I also think people know out there that that Ndombele is still young and still has buckets of potential. It's just the problem is in their boat. I mean, he's a question mark, so it's I, really tough to know. How old is Ndombele? He's 25. He'll be 26 in December. He's not really. I mean, if we're saying that Regulon is the finished product, if he, we're saying that Regulon is where he's going to be, then Ndombele's probably about there. They're the same uh, age. Their birthday is like 10 days apart. I don't know that he's going to he's gonna get any better than he is. His attitude may change. His play style may slightly change. But he's the player he's going to be. I, I think the difference is I think the difference is Regulon is a defender that is decent at attacking, right? Like he, he you, you've seen what you're going to get from him and Domble is an enigma. Like on his day, he's unplayable. And on other days, he's unplayable. And they're opposite, <laughs> opposite <laughs> definitions of unplayable, right? Chris, Chris, is Ndombele the biggest transfer bust of Tottenham history? If he's not, he's up there. I don't think he's the biggest. But who's, the, he's, who's the biggest? He's in the top five. He's in the top three, probably, awesome. for the money the, spent. Austin, who's the biggest? Soldado is a bigger bust than than Ndombele. Just because there's vibes that a Soldado worked hard, we've literally spent thirty million or whatever on that dude to be our like golden boot winner scorer, and the dude couldn't hit the he couldn't hit the target from five yards away. Just because Soldado worked hard doesn't mean that his is in in product was. I'm pretty sure Ndombele scored more goals for Tottenham than Soldado did. So to me, great goals. Yeah, so it to me, in my time watching Spurs, Roberto Soldado, regardless of the vibes that people always like, Soldado's the he, big, him or Paulinho are both bigger busts than Ndombele in my mind. Well, Soldado was bought for $26 million and sold for 10 But he was bought for $26 million back in 2012. So just for inflation, he was bought for like $40 million. So it's not that much of a difference. $26 million in 2012 to 2012 Spurs was a lot of money. Yeah, and we expected him to be a golden boot caliber striker, and he scored like what two goals in that first year? Eight. And it's kind of broken into our, our, our squad. It's because Sabato was such shit that we had to turn to a 22 year old that couldn't score goals at Leicester in the championship to save us. That's the whole reason Harry Kane broke into the squad is because of how big of a bust Soldado is. Ndombele was a bust, no doubt about it, but he's not as big a bust as Soldado or Paulinho. 
Um, Not in my mind. So I thought it was a big bust. I'm just saying from basically from a transfer, like from a, from a financial loss, I think Ndombele will be the biggest. Sure. But again, Ndombele actually won us points. Did Soldado even ever win us a point in the Premier League ever? So Ndombele scored at least three of his goals. He, just had, one, he, he, he just had one year, right? Soldado? So, Soldado, Soldado had, had um, he, he actually did win us some points. They were poor points at the very beginning of his career when people were still giving a pass because he was scoring goals from the spot. He kept getting penalty kicks. So, oh, right okay. back, so he took the penalties, okay. Yeah, he okay. scored like five or six goals. Are people were like, sort of he'll <laughs> kick on. And I remember that entire season, every game, it was any minute now he'll kick on. Any minute now, he'll. it's coming, it's coming. And then finally one day we were just like, all right, he's he's In my 12 years, Ndombele is probably a top five bust. But I would put, I would easily put Polino after that World Cup, and easily put Soldado above. Soldado was bought for thirty-three mil in two thousand thirteen and sold for eighteen mil in two thousand fifteen. We got a good, we, we got a good price for Soldado at eighteen mil, like because I don't know how why anyone would buy him for eighteen mil after the time he's been here. <laughs> and the sad part is, it's via Real. That it's they, like, they, yeah, they they our players. They took, they took Aurier too. Uh, but thirty-three million in twenty thirteen—that was a lot of money for us to spend. I think he was a club record at the time. Um, I, I just—he was expected to be to be challenging for a Golden Boot, and he scored like eight goals Paul, over Paul, two years. Paulinho was bought for twenty-two mil in two thousand thirteen and sold for sixteen mil in two thousand fifteen. Yeah, he, he was sold to China, right? <laughs> yeah, but still, but you're not losing to, a lot of money on either one of those. Well, yeah, well, that was also the era of China before they started cracking down on the spending, where clubs were spending ridiculous and, and, sums on and players. Then they, and then they sold him for forty-four mil to Barcelona, which is yeah, Barcelona. We wonder why Barcelona is like bankrupt right now because they were buying Paulinho for forty-four mil and, and then, whatever. And, and then Barcelona sold him back to, to China for forty-seven mil. Interesting. Uh, okay. So, so, so we've, what we discovered on this podcast is Polino is an object of money laundering. Is what we've discovered. Probably. Uh, <laughs> we got to keep moving here. Sorry, I got us tied up here, but just Ndamba is definitely the worst transfer ever. <clears throat> Austin, Joe Roden. Uh, so, Chris, how much we sell him to, and who we sell him? But first, why did we sell him? Because why did we sell him first? Why? Because if he's just not good enough, if he hasn't broken in now, he's just not good enough. How old is Joe Roden? Uh, he's twenty-five, him? twenty-six years old. Yeah, he's not a young buck. No, yeah. he, he, it's, he's, he's, he's 20, been at this he's team for long enough. He's never broken through. Now, granted, a lot of that I would put down to at oh, least yeah. some of it. You have to say the the manager rotation, he, but he's never. It's just time. It's just Where time for him to move on, let the man go, and get a decent start somewhere while he's still got some career left to play. It's just – it's fair to him. He's done enough. Um, where would I sell him? If if a lower-tier team, if a Crystal Palace or a Southampton or someone like that came in for him, uh, somebody maybe coming up from the championship that wants a really good defender, and they offered a decent price, even it, 10 it's, 15 it's, million, it's, which it's, I think it's, is still high – it's rumored we were offered 25 mil uh, to Roma plus Joe Rodon for Zaniolo. Whoa, 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 whoa. 25 mil by the what? manager who literally buried Rodon's career. I don't know what the source is, but I would call it dubious. Well, no, that's the reason Rodon 
No, that's we started. offered. We offered that to Roma. They turned it down. Oh, we Actually, offered that. Okay, that's why they're twenty-five mil plus road on tour. There, there, there are rumors that uh, as as he was walking out the door, um, Mourinho told a number of players like, "Hey, you guys need to watch out for him. He could be become one of the best defenders at this club." I've never if heard that. Does. Mourinho said that. I've never, Mourinho's course. the guy that refused to play him. Well, everyone kind of has. All right. I think Mourinho refused to play him because he didn't want it. And then <laughs> it changed when he left. But, yeah, uh, it, it, he deserves a chance to leave. He doesn't deserve to sit on the bench. I've never seen him really play a terrible game because I've never seen him play a game. Right, so, Chris, Chris, Brian Hill. Brian Hill. 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 What did you say? Loan. Loan. Austin, where are we loaning to? And uh, or who should we loan him to? I don't know where. I mean, you would assume Spain, um, but I actually wouldn't want to loan. I would rather loan him to the Championship than loan him to Spain because if he's gonna if he's gonna break into the Premier League, he needs to he needs to beef up. He's just too slight and slight in stature. He needs to gain some weight without losing too much of his quickness. He needs to get some strength on him. And loaning him back to Spain is just gonna make him more of the player he already is, which is. A, a, a fleet-footed dribbler, but in order to be, in order for that to work in the Premier League, you have to have some strength to you too. I mean, look at Kulisevsky at 21, and look at Brian Hill at 21. Yeah, but you have to look at like David David Silva. He was, True, but David Silva was sneaky strong because he knew how to use his low center of gravity. He didn't get thrown to the ground very often. Uh, Hill has to learn how to play against physical players. Is my point. He doesn't yeah. need to put on weight. But he needs to learn how to play against physical defenders, defenders that are going to kick the crap out of you and try to shove you over. And that's not the that's not what you find in the league. I'd rather loan him to um, to you know uh, a mid table championship club where he's going to play every game and get bodied up every game. That's what I that that if, if we have faith in him in the future, that's where I would loan him. All right, next question, uh, Austin. This one's to you, uh, Pape Marta. Happy, happy, I'm just gonna say Sar. Happy Matar Sar. Happy Matar Sar. He needs that's to be so, loaned. That's so good. That's so good. He needs to be loaned. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna give the answer. Sorry, that's not my job. But loan for sure. Chris, young player, very talented, very successful in probably in the most- worst of the top five leagues. So you need to see what you have. I think if kind of like with Hill. Loan him, but loan him to an English team and let him get used to playing English football. Let him play in the championship and see what you got. Anyone else think he looked 13 years old on at those Korean yeah, preseason friendlies? He did look tiny. And young, um, his face. He, it's like, why is that middle schooler out there? <laughs> um, also, he, I think he got voted African Young Player of the Year. Yeah, that's what yep. Christian said. Yeah. Uh, all right, last one. Uh, Chris Tanganga. Loan. Uh, awesome. The only reason you loan him instead of selling him is because he counts as club trained and homegrown, and he can still develop into a quality center back. 
I don't think he'll ever be a quality uh, fullback or wingback in in the Premier League, but he could be a right center back. And if and if we are thinking long term, that Sanchez is not going to be Romero's backup forever. He's older than Romero. He still has value. Like we're thinking, we're going to be selling Sanchez maybe next summer. We're going to need a rotation option or right center back. In my mind, that's either Tanganga or Emerson unless we buy somebody. So the only reason you loan Tanganga is to get him uh, quality minutes at a top club. I know AC Milan has been all of the talk right now in the you know, Champions League weekend. They, they only have they, they, they're not very deep at center back, so if we get minutes. Um, you, he, if you if you think that he just needs minutes in order to become a a quality top six level center back for us, then that's why you loan him. Uh, plus, he counts as club trained and homegrown. But I'm dubious. I was super high on Tanganga last summer. To be fair, he was hurt a lot this year, so it's tough. I'm torn. I think a sell, a, a selling him would be fine, but you loan him because you still believe that he could uh, bring you value and free up a non-homegrown spot on your roster. All right. Um, next section. You guys got to be quicker. I got to start holding you guys to uh, like actual third. Hey, you're the hope, man. I talked to you. Yeah. Tell me to shut up. Rank, of, uh, rank our center midfielders one through four. Chris? That's a good one. Jeez, that's pretty tough. Um, so I'm guessing you're telling Saw and Winks are not included in this. Yeah, since you guys both said low and sell. Fair enough. Um, Basuma, Betancourt, Hoybier, Skip. Ooh. Okay, awesome. Basuma, Hoybier, Betancourt, Skip. Yep. I think I agree with both of y'all. That makes sense. It's like it's, <laughs> well, it's two, close, it's, right? It's two A and two B. Honestly, I think this is, is the sign of a solid midfield. This yeah. is something we've been at, saying at, a long time. He's not far behind. I think by the end of the year, Skip could be two. Um, I want I want Skip to be. Nah, I think Basuma's. I think Basuma's is gonna really. Oh, he will be. He will really be class. Uh, if Ollie Skip was like, you know, the next big English midfielder, that would just make me so happy. Chris, who will our starting right wing back be August sixth? Darty. Austin. Assuming everyone is as healthy as they are right now, Darty. All right. Last one is, uh, and last one for the evening is rank our our signings one through six so far. Uh, Austin, so for, like, which, rank them in terms of what? Of what you feel like is the best signing to the worst signing of the transfer window. So it's the, all subjective. It's all subjective. Just your feelings. Which one you're happiest with? To the which one you're like, meh. So I one. use my own my own measurement system here. Yeah, one through six. Okay, uh, now I'm going to go backwards. Can I go six to one? Uh, sure. Start with worst. Or yeah. not worst, but Forrester, I mean, he's he's just a huge English bloke. I mean, <laughs> he he's a, he's going to be a good backup. He's playing in the Premier League, but, like, he's six six. He's huge, but, like, whatever. Um, so he's six for me. Then I'm going to go Spence at five simply because he's a question mark. He's never played in the Premier League. He's never played above the championship level. 
Um, he's a lot of raw talent, but we don't know what we're going to get. Um, number four, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Ling Lei. Uh, Ling Let. Ling Let, sorry. Uh, I think he is the potential to be a very important signing, but he's had two rough years at Barcelona. So we're, we're banking on the fact that, that Conte can turn him around. Um, it could go the way Delhi did at, at at Everton. It could go the way that a lot of people have gone where they, where they get a change of scenery and become quality again. So like, that's number four. Number three, I'm going to say is, oh, this is where it gets really freaking tough. Um, I'm going to say number three is Richarlson. And the only reason I say this is because I don't think he's going to ever really be a starter for us in the league. I think it would take a lot for him to displace anybody in the starting lineup. I think it's going to be very important to give a spell, you know, to, to spell Kane and to be able to come into most games and give us minutes. But I don't see him displacing Son Kane or even Kulisovsky to, at this point in time. I could be wrong. So I'm going to put him three. Two, I'm going to put Perisic. The only reason I'm going to put Perisic two is because I believe in Basuma a little bit more. Perisic is um, a world-class player. He just is, full stop. You can't say he's not. He's played at the biggest clubs in some of the biggest clubs in Europe. He's won all the trophies that you can imagine winning. Um, and he can play all up and down the left side. We're not sure. We're assuming he's going to play wing back, but he could play attacker. But Paris is two. And the reason I think Basuma is number one is because the one biggest thing we lacked last year under Conte is a central midfielder that can break a press, that can help us break a press. And there's so many good pressing teams in the Premier League. There's six to ten of them that are good, are competent to very good at pressing. And I mean, we got beat by Southampton because of a good press. We uh, we need a center midfielder that can receive the ball deep, turn somebody around, and get us forward even against press. Um, I think Basuma is going to end up out of these six be our best signing, especially for the paltry sum that we signed up for. So Basuma one, Perisic, Charleston, Linglet, Spence, and then Big Man Forrester. All right, Chris, one through six, and you don't have to go as, as much detail uh, as Austin. I mean, you can, but you don't have to. I'm not. He actually went into some of the detail because our, our top three, one through three, are the same. Okay. So I'm not really going to go into whole. The main thing for me, I think um, the one that I put at the bottom was probably in the one real change I would make was that Linglet would probably be my bottom. Mm-hmm. And that's only because it's not a slide on him. It's not because I think he's a bad player. It's honestly because he, he's obviously not the target we wanted. He's mm-hmm. obviously not the player we, we wanted to get in that position. He is a make way because we couldn't get the main targets we wanted for that left center back spot. Um, and he's alone. So, yeah. And he's alone with no option to buy. So there's that. Um, I think Forrester was a, a I kind of changed my mind. I was really underwhelmed with that one at first, but now I feel much better about it because it does provide a premier league quality backup that can fill in and give Hugo a break, which at times he desperately needs. Um yeah. The others are pretty much all the same. 
right, I'll do. Uh, I'm, I won't go in super detail. I'll just go. Uh, I do Ling Lei at six as well because I don't think I think Davies is still probably our best left center back if I had to choose. Davies is starting. Today. I mean, <laughs> it, it, that could, he already has a boot on. Well, I'm saying if all healthy, I, I still think yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. So uh, Forster being English, I think is makes him five instead of six because at least it's um, uh, doesn't take up one of those nice fancy spots that we need for all the foreign players. And then four, three, two, one, four, Spence, three, Basuma, two, Perisic, one, Richarlson. Interesting. I would say because of the price tag on Charleston that he's never that he's probably not going to start very much. That's why I put him there. But I understand what you'd say. I mean, we have never had a good Kane backup, so. Well, not only uh, that, but we've if Kane or Son have ever gone down, it's always been like, oh no, now they can focus all their attention on one player. Especially and Son. I, and, especially and I think son. now you have the 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 threat of another player, like depth, depth in an attacking position that we've never really had. I mean. Um, that's Premier League proven. So, I mean, they're all great signings, but I still think Benchancourt is growing into his role. Um, so he might be pre- more press resistant than we than we think. We, we played pretty well against Liverpool with Benchancourt at Anfield. Um, same with City uh, away. So, not to say Basuma is not amazing. I think they're all great signings. But yeah. and then Paris, it's just being um, he'll be so important for all like Cessna and Spence, just the younger players learning the wing back. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, all right. Well, uh, man, it's, uh, it's supposed to be 45 minutes. It was a little over an hour, but uh, Q is back asleep, so my job here is done. Uh, his head's leaning. Oh, he's awake. Um, anything else? Austin, Chris, we'll, uh, I guess the last question here is, Austin, how many more players do we sign? And I have no idea what position who will be in. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to be one. Chris, how many? Same. It's going to be one. Like, one more player. I'll say two more. Just to be contrary. Just to be different. I, I, I said six a couple of weeks ago, and I was wrong, clearly. It's definitely Are you going to get to watch the games Saturday morning? Is it on Hulu? or? I don't know what it's on, but it, are you available to watch it as well? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have it. I think Bethany's going to like well, we should, uh We should record this weekend after the preseason game. Yeah. And uh, we can, we can get record. ready for the season. We can record right after the game if you want. Anyways, well, we will do that. We still have two more preseason games. We have Rangers this weekend, Rome at the following weekend. Um, but we will we'll definitely record prior to August. Is the Roma preseason match at Tottenham House Stadium? No, it's in Israel. Okay, I was going to say, if Mourinho had to come to Tottenham Hotspur, that would have been... That'll be a shame. It's going to be heated. Uh, I think the Rangers game will be heated as well. So it should be fun. Uh, but, guys, that's it. Uh, first first official podcast down since our first one. Actually. We're back. So we're back. Uh, ready for our is it third or fourth season? Third season, right? Uh, third with Chris. No, second with Chris. This is my third season. Oh, so yeah. It's, yeah, so it's our third total. This Chris joined us halfway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So uh, third season. And uh, as always, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Or tweet at Spurs Stateside with your question.